Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation, Greasy Bear Blues. I am the one underscore P Shark, Mr. Steel, Steel, Mr. 500 Shark. And I'm at underscore Scarlett on Twitter. Um, again, they are who we thought they were. It's, it's, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Go ahead, Trevor. Oh, don't mind me. Uh, I'm just chilling over here having a cheesesteak here on Dylan Brooks Island. So, what's good, everybody? This your guy, Young Trail. And speaking of having a cheesesteak on Dylan Brooks Island, man, I might need to uh, see how much of one of those shares are for him as well. <laughs> um, it's really yeah. shitty uh, with the high low game passing it down to my man down low. Two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big man in a pain. Tapshire kid, man. Y'all know what it is. Hey, I'm a bag off Dylan. I will, I'm not buying no stock. I'm not, I don't have any stock to sell, but I'm a bag off. I'm a bag off. I'm a bag off just for a just, second. Just, you have, just, just have your complimentary cheese state. So we no, back, are, you, are, you, are you are you bagging off Dylan Brooks like he's bagging off and taking fadeaway jumpers at the end of basketball <laughs> no, games? Man, we're, we're just kicking his legs out, hoping to get a foul like Trey Young, but it is what it is. Speaking of which, shout out to Trey Young. <laughs> so we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. The Grizzlies had a very interesting week, as y'all have already heard and probably have seen this week. So it's gonna kick it off. We record before the last uh last week's game at Philly. And you can say why you want about injuries. We still don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. We didn't have Justice Winslow, we didn't have the Anthony Melton. So I ain't trying nothing about him not playing. We beat them, beating by 16. Yep. And they were still winning when Embiid was out, by the way. All right, Tuesday in Miami. Smack them. Uh shout out to the <laughs> Josh Grizz kind of shocked us <laughs> in that game. Then Jock had a little tweak at the end of the game, but he he toughed it out the next day. So that tells me something about him versus the other people who got sword nails on the on the injury report. But both of him and Dylan returned after having minor injuries uh, against Miami to play the very next night and smoked Atlanta in a, another rifle game for well, four game win streak at this point. So we rolling. Whooping New York on Friday night, up by 13 with five minutes to play. And Mr. 500, Shark still stands at the end of the day when they blow the game. So what did y'all think of the week? It was a great week overall. I mean, we, we can't get mad at what happened. We can't get too mad. You away. know, I think it's a really solid week. If they, if you tell me going into this podcast that the Grizzlies would have went three and one this week with a loss, um, to New York, I wouldn't be mad. Well, hold on, I thought I was talking to. I'm sorry. Um, anywho, so if you would have told me going into this podcast that the Grizzlies were going three and one, um, before the Indiana game or in in the past week, I wouldn't be mad at you. The only reason I'm upset, Sharky, is the fact that they were up 13 with five minutes left in the New York Knicks game and they blew that lead. That's the part that's frustrating. That's the part that makes you kind of come back down to earth and say, Mr. 500 still lives on. It makes me say they are who they thought they were. There should be no reason why the Grizzlies should have lost that game. I'll definitely take that dub against Philly. Again, I don't care who's in the game, who's not in the game. The Grizzlies have been one of the most injury-filled teams throughout the entire season. Um, So I don't want to hear any excuses from anybody else. Uh, their Miami win was a really good win. That Atlanta win was beautiful because they tried to get on Twitter and start talking cash. And me and Anthony Sane and starting five, everybody from Grizzly Twitter was was getting back on them. So that was a really good dub. That that New York loss kind of hurt. Um, it hurts because, again, that's one that you can have in your back pocket. Um, 
CD and, and Tuke talked about last week that they worried about the Pelicans and the Kings. I'm not, if anything, I'm only worried about the people in front of them. So that if anything, that gets you another game up um, or that much closer to the Mavericks and things like that. So um, solid week. You just kind of hope you kind of wish they would have gotten that New York game. Yeah. I'll kind of expand on the New York game just a bit. Um, a game that pretty much for most of the Grizzlies had under control. And as uh, Lito said, they were up 13 with five minutes left, and then everything just kind of completely fell apart. Um, Leaving 13 points at the line, that's definitely not going to be a recipe for winning. The Grizzlies down the stretch for some reason started looking like the Tigers when it comes to these free throws. I'm sorry. I'm just going to, you know, just going to keep it real right out here. So 21 of 34, that's not going to get it done. Um, Could say some people may use fatigue because of, you know, all the games they played this week, but I'm not using that as an excuse. Again, they had a double-digit lead with five minutes left in the fourth. Definitely have to close that game out if you're Memphis. But regards to the other wins, uh, kudos to the Grizzlies for those. Uh, we definitely had a special guest on Dylan Brooks Island um, by the name of Trey Young. Uh, if you don't believe it, go check his stats. Yeah, he had 14 of 11, 6 of 17 shooting from the field. And if I'm not McCall, he did not make not one three-pointer in that game. So can you say clamps, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Dylan Brooks Island had a special guest that, that, that night. Um, the Miami win was definitely a good win. Um, I'm not going to even speak too much on Dylan Brooks, the game. You saw it for yourself. So he basically put 23 in the third quarter on Andre Iguodala's head, much to my delight. So, hey, it is what it is. So, But in the end, kudos to Memphis on a, on a great week. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about the Heat win. Um because, I mean, y'all know I, I am a resident Heat fan, even though I'm on this Grizzlies podcast and here for the Grizzlies as well, um, along with some others on here. But um, I was – I think of all the victories besides the Hawks, Sam, I think I was more impressed with what they did against Miami. Um, reason being is this Miami team is even more loaded now um, after the trade deadline um, and seeing that veteran experience that they – beat them um and then also the what to your point trevor um dylan brooks and getting back with uh mr iggy who never felt like it was necessary to play in a grizzlies uniform um and so i love that tenacity that they had um in terms of the grizzlies responding um again we're not we should never on this podcast no one that is a fan of basketball nor a fan of the grizzlies should ever talk about us being a team that is injuries prone We've suffered throughout the entire season with missing at least one player that we can arguably say is either top two or three on our team, um, as opposed to in even throughout the season where we were very, very shorthanded at times uh, due to injuries and still pulling off seven game winning streaks and such um, during that span. So um, to me, we're, we're streaking. That's my name now, Streaking Grizz. Um, I don't want to see us 500. I think Streaking Grizz is going to work. Um, Atlanta win, of course, was beautiful um, as well. The next thing, we just lost momentum. Um, yes, we missed free throws, but, I mean, we outscored them in the first quarter. And that was the only – statistically the only quarter that we actually outscored them. Um, and so in that fourth quarter, yeah, we're up 13, but clearly we lost the game because uh, we were outscored and it shouldn't have been that way. Um, so whatever Penny did to help out, uh, we need some free throw help uh, <laughs> to get past that hump. Uh, 
with New York. Uh, but man, we could have easily, easily um, had four wins this week because uh, make one free throw, fellas, and you know we don't even go into overtime. Is it my turn to go? Just, just want, just want to make sure I wasn't interrupting anybody that interrupted me of bringing up a point. You know what I'm saying? Just wanted to throw that out there. But now, um, I did have us beating the Pacers today, so I guess uh, for lack of content, because we don't know if the Grizz won or not, we'll know if we are three and one. Uh, Belito, I will give kudos to you. Uh, I was kind of trolling with the Pelicans name, but who knows? Uh, I got to represent for my little guys, man. I'm a big fan of Isaiah Thomas, so him going to the Pelicans, I was a little excited, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so y'all hit everything on the head as far as like all of the games. Um, great job. Uh, shout out to Grayson Allen for turning up for me, uh, especially in the house game. That was really, really fun to see. And for us to turn up Twitter like that as Grizz fans, first of all, anytime – we, we're, we're Twitter veterans, so anytime somebody come from Memphis anything, y'all know Memphis Twitter is going to be like, hold on, what's going on? Bet, let's ride out. It's like the, the most beautiful thing to see as a Memphian. So uh, shout out to the Hawks trying to troll a troll. You can't do that. Um, as far as the Knicks game go, um, I do want to get a little serious with that one because I don't think that we should have went to overtime. In fact, I really think that we had the game in our hands and we let the game go and i went on twitter so if y'all saw the tweet y'all saw who i put this game on i put this game specifically on coach jenkins and what i mean by that is throughout you know the last couple of games i will give this credit because i think it's starting to be a game plan of josh scoring you know uh, shooting like what four times in like the last couple of games in the first half i think it's becoming a game plan strategy and i like it because for a coach to go in the second half and not know how to game plan for what Josh about to do in the second half. I like it. You get to see who's the high hand in the first half and so on. But I want to refer to Jenkins on losing this game and the Knicks because you're up. You got to be able to rotate players. When you see JV not making an impact the way he's supposed to in a paint, yes, he's grabbing boards, but you're not using him in the inside. Granted, in the overtime, you can look this up because I looked it up. Besides, I think it was Kyle Anderson shooting the layup in like the first minute. And overtime, John Morant and Dylan Brooks literally took over that overtime. Why not use JV if he's in the game? Because he's efficient in the game. The Knicks won. They had they had Julius Randle at center. Utilize that. Granted, Randle was having a good game, but so is JV. Utilize it. But instead, everybody on Brooks Allen is having a somewhat of a good day because they got Dylan taking jacking up shots per usual. That's why I said I'm a, I'm a chill because he had a great week. But that game is purely on why Dylan Brooks is <laughs> – what, what are you doing? John Morant, you know, driving the lane. I see I, – I like him being aggressive, so I'm not going to take that away. But he's being aggressive to the point where, like, you know you're not, you're not going to get the foul call. Why not give the ball to somebody else and let them score? On the last play when we saw Kyle Anderson uh, pass the ball across half court, he had Grayson Allen right there. He had him right there. But game plan, rotation of playing, Xavier Tillman having a great defensive game. Why take him out against Randall? Why? <laughs> and excuse me for I'm random, but that was one game I actually like just sat down and just analyzed. Grizz, you got to win this one. And salute to Coach Savage for, you know, for, for calling it out. Like they have, they played the Knicks scrappy fighting team. Discipline. That's the one thing I've been saying about this Grizz team that's going for discipline. They didn't have a, a they, they showed a lack of discipline and, and, and we lost a this game that we should have won. So we we, we could have went four and oh. But as far as the 500 thing, with the looks of our schedule, I, don't, I think we need to take that 500 thing got, um, thing off, guys. I, I, I think we're going to go from here. 
We'll we'll get to our picks this week because it's looking like we may be back at five hundred, but we'll, we'll we'll get to it. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Like Scouter's name, they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, let me go go in order. I mean, the beginning of the week, I want to hear Philly talk about NB was hurt. I want to hear Atlanta talking about they had like six players out. We had four players out both games, so I ain't trying to hear none of that, including our second best player who who we haven't had the whole season. So yada yada, we whoop y'all. Be quiet. Uh, Miami, very impressive win. Um, Grizz Twitter, who wanted Ola Depot, y'all see why exactly why I didn't want Ola Depot. Um, then the Brooks went to work, <laughs> and Ola Depot is hurt again. So, there you go. Um, New York, piggyback off of Tuke's point and everybody else on the free throws. I guess as a city, Memphis as a city can't shoot free throws. Period. Um, it's not just the Tigers anymore, it's the Grizzlies, it's the hustle. Uh, whoever other Memphis team you could think of, the, <laughs> the old ABA team, whoever, like just can't get free. Is it is it the Rams at the FedEx Forum or something? Because I, I need to know what it is. Because for some reason, we just have this inability to make free throws down the stretch. I, I, I think it's the Rams at the Forum, the inability to practice free throws. That's all that is, brother. You don't practice free throws, you don't make free throws. That's, <laughs> that's all that is. <laughs> well, I have said before, you need to devote at least a whole hour to just shoot free throws. To go back to Tuke's point about Taylor Jenkins, uh, he was getting a little concerning about these close games, and we keep losing because of him. He does not get in the all-ash offensive system because I don't know what we did in overtime. It was just John Dillon just took turns. It wasn't uh, your turn, my turn, my turn. JV, here goes my thing about JV. He was killed. He could have easily had 30 or 40 points in that game if you just gave him the ball, right? He was getting killed on defense. So if he's getting killed on defense and you're not giving him the ball on offense, you might as well not have him in the game. If he's getting killed on defense, you need to give him the ball on offense because he could have did exactly – he was getting killed on defense, but he could have killed on offense. So that whole last five minutes could have been negated if you just slowed it down and gave JV because they were attacking him on defense and he was getting killed. If you weren't going to use him on offense, you might as well put Tilden back in the game or put Brandon Clark back in the game. And when it got to overtime, everybody was tired. Desmond Bain had a great game. You might as well put them back in for somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <why? laughs> so Taylor Jenkins, and it 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 became apparent to me he is the disciple of Mike Budenholzer, and Mike Budenholzer he is notorious for losing all his close games in playoff time. So there is getting a tad bit concerned to me going to the future. But I mean, he's still a young coach, so I mean that's just things they got to improve upon. Same thing I say about Jaw, he got you know, and all the players stay young. It's a young team, young coaching staff, so. That's just saying that you don't have to keep improving on. But like I said, can't be too mad at the week. It that would have been great to go ahead and get that win. But a little salty because you had it in the bag. And Mr. 500 Shark would have definitely been gone. I would not have mentioned that again until <laughs> they won like a loser streak or something. <laughs> but let's go and move forward to the standings. We could have been a game and a half back at Dallas, fellas. Instead, we're two and a half back. Still, like I said, can't be too mad. We're firmly in eighth place. Uh, two games ahead of Spurs could have been three games. But like I said, woulda, coulda, shoulda. This is where we had eighth place. Two games ahead of Spurs. Um, four games, four games ahead of those Pelicans, and um, five and a half ahead of those Kings that y'all were afraid of. Um, three ahead of that Golden State. Two and a half against Golden State that she just tried to uh, mention the other day. So, how y'all feeling? 
Do you want me to go? Because I can. Because my name was brought up earlier about themes behind. Yeah. Um, And so, first of all, I do want to say that I may have been ignorant to how this is going to play out. Right. And so I want to make sure that we're all clear about this. I don't know if we all are, but I want to make sure even the viewers and listeners are as well. Right now, because we're at the AC, we had to beat the Mavericks in Dallas. Right. Um, To secure our seed within the playoffs. If we lose to Dallas, we then need to play the winner of, and the playoffs were to start right now, the winner of the Spurs Warriors. Now, to my credit, I don't know if we would then have to go to their place to win um, or if we are at home, but let's just say we go to Golden State. And now we have to beat Golden State at Golden State to get an eighth seed. If you just watch what Steph Curry did, yes, I'm worried. Because this is now turning into March Madness and not the NCAA and not the playoffs itself. So it only takes one game to truly knock us off if we're not a top six seed. So, yes, I'm concerned. Maybe it's not the Kings. Maybe it's not the Pelicans. I hear that. But also think about what we just talked about, about game plan and management. If it comes down to a close game, which it would come down to a close game, are we putting all our chips in the basket with Mr. Jenkins or against a other coach who would know what he's doing in his home state or home you know, arena? So, yes, it does scare me. I am nervous. I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. Um, and to think about it, against the Warriors, we actually split them one and one in March. The Spurs, we beat them 2-1, um, but that was before their trade. Um, and we played the Mavericks coming up, so I know we'll do those predictions later. So, yes, I am worried. And I'm going to keep being worried about the teams that are behind us. But we we yeah. was talking more on them falling out of the ten. We was talking about not we ain't talking about the play in. We was talking about them falling out of ten to eleven. Yes, yeah, I I was I'm not concerned about them falling. Oh, out okay, team. that's what no. we were talking about. Yeah, no. yeah. that's we what I'm not concerned about. Yeah. I'm concerned <laughs> about the play. As far as far as answering your question about the Warriors, shitty, like that's a good point to talk about as far as Steph Curry go, but health has been their number one thing. Like, I'm still surprised Steph Curry has been able to do his thing, you know, this season. But last night, also, James Wiseman got hurt again. You know what I'm saying? So I think health may be a factor with them. And they also, what, looking at it, three, three two and a half games behind already. Like, they're not even playing 500 ball right now. And so they got a lot of inconsistent players, uh, young players, inexperienced players. And the Warriors is going through a, a hunch right now, to be honest with you. So I, I, I hear what you're saying about Steph and just being realistic. Nah, not 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 this season. And I'm not worried about anybody behind us. I'm not worried about really falling in anywhere past. I'm not worried about really falling anywhere outside of nine. I think seven or eight is what the Grizzlies will be when the playoffs start. Hey, I'm not even going front. When they if they had beat the Knicks Friday, that would have been 27 23, and we could have possibly looking at. I ain't gonna say I thought we got. I think we could have got the six, but. No, like I would have been thinking about six because we do play Portland three times and we do play Dallas twice. Mm-hmm. So and we and, like, yeah, it's a big Portland. though. keep that in mind. Right. <laughs> Portland is one of we those. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was saying though, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You, it's time you get over there. Home. I'm just saying, if you had beat the Knicks Friday weekend, I would be looking at this. Say, okay, we got five games to against the two teams ahead of us. You have a legit shot to get to six, but I like I said, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna finish probably eight. I don't think it's gonna be seven. So we're gonna be eight, nine, or ten more than likely. Cause I know we got like a tough stretch coming up, like seven straight road games coming up soon. So but we'll see how it go. 
And we're we good. Well, take the bet. We're very good on the road, though. If we had seven game homestand, I'd probably be a little more worried. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's crazy. But it's anybody crazy. got anything else on the standings? I mean, that's good. Like, we don't even have a winning record at home. So, I mean, good point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 14 away. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, let's go away, games. Woo. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, who's your start of the week? Uh, I guess I'll go first since my uh, fellow backcourt mate is out at the moment. Um, I'm actually going to split mine. I mean, of course, Dylan Brooks would be one, but I'm actually going to give it to all of the wing players. So it'll be Dylan Brooks, Grayson Allen, and Desmond Bain for that part uh, for having a great week. Um, part of the reasons that Memphis was able to go on this little uh, mini win streak, on this four-game winning streak, is in due part due to the, the play of those three guys, uh, especially uh, them knocking down threes. I think they've hit at least – five threes in each of these games during this win streak, even in the game against uh, New York as well. So kudos to uh, those those three. Dylan Brooks definitely just being Dylan Brooks, being a spark plug that I know that he is, putting the clamps on Trey Young, making sure he didn't get a chance to do his damage from three. And, of course, his playing the Miami game as well as the Philly game. Questionable uh, stuff in the, in the Knicks game, but Memphis was still in position to win, even uh, with all of that. So uh, just for this week, my my stars of the week: Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Grayson Allen. Um, but I do want to give you guys this stat line, um, and then give you my player: um, ten six and two, nineteen eight and six, sixteen nine and six, fifteen six and five. Slow mo, doing what he needs to do. He's getting his points. He's getting rebounds, he's getting assists, and nobody's saying anything. He's just doing what he needs to do in and out the game. Um, even when he comes like when he comes back off the bench off in the game, you can just notice how he just flows right into where we need to be. Um, whether that's getting a quick assist, whether that's getting a steal, whether that's throwing a lob um, to Jock, right? Um, whatever it may be, but slow-mo consistent numbers this entire week and his worst game statistically was against um, the 76ers. Every other game I mentioned, he did well in, um, including the Knicks game. And he's averaging at least 29 and a half minutes during that stretch. So uh, Jenkins, uh, you might want to play him a little bit more um, to get him closer to that triple double that he can definitely almost average with us the way we're playing right now. Man, she did right, right on the money, right? Like it's easy right now for me to go JV. Um, shout out to Justin Lewis who put out the fact that the Grizz are number one uh, in second points. So, and that's really because of JV and look at the stat line, like this missile double double at this point. Uh, but my start of week was actually, you know, Kyle Anderson. Um, one thing that I tweeted out, you know, Kendrick Perkins, who actually like a couple of my p- tweets, he need to go ahead and, and, and follow me. Uh, but I tweeted at him like, yo, like Kyle Anderson is easily the most improved player that I've watched all year. It's not because I'm a Grizz fan, but it's really because of who I seen last year was 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 the complete opposite of who I'm seeing this year. Like he's making better passes. He's taking better shots. He's doing everything that's needed for the Grizz to do. And he's efficient with it. Like the numbers increase. Like I actually tweeted his numbers and I think his points are like almost double. And how can you not look at somebody like for most improved like that? But because the national media, you know, failed to acknowledge Memphis sports, 
you know, it, it, I know it's a, it's a shot, it's a reach for Kendrick Person to see, uh, to see the tweet, but it's a shot because we need somebody like that to acknowledge Kyle Anderson's greatness right now because he's playing phenomenal basketball. Um, my star of the week actually goes to Dylan Brooks. Uh, again, shout out to Tuke for taking some uh, taking some stock in, into Dylan Brooks. I think as important as Ja is, I think Dylan Brooks is right up there as well too. Um, just the energy that he brings, the defensive uh, the the defensive uh, mindset that he brings uh, for the team. Um, so it, it's it's Dylan Brooks for me for Grizzly. So I got to break the tie break between Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson, basically. Do it. You're gonna say, <laughs> uh, I, I thought about it. I thought about it too. I thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> but no, nah, I gotta give it to Dylan because I mean, he even crossed my mind this week. He he still missed the aka JR Smith as y'all saw in the Knicks at the end of this game to uh step at three in the foul on three pointer right back. But overall, great week. Uh, everybody choked at the end of this game. Uh, you saw everything that happened. Um, but Dylan Brooks, I mean. It, it had me thinking this week, like, you know, we was like, who's that small forward in the future? Uh, Dylan Brooks is 6'7". He can stay a small forward as far as I see. Uh, he could fend all guard positions and a small forward position. So, uh, at 13, we get to this at the end of the season. I don't want to bring this up now with Justice, but uh, $13 million, I think we could free that up. But we wait till – let me see how the season ends. Oh, uh, we see more on it. Uh, yeah. Dylan Brooks, to me, should be the starting three. Uh by what I'm seeing, but I give him Dylan Bruce Kyle Emerson. He's a four. <laughs> I like him better than four. He's a four. How about that? He's a forward. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, just, a, you just gonna add the e. Four he's word. a four. Yeah, word. I like that. And he can defend. That's good. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing we didn't mention um, with all these great numbers. Right, I guess right. he can defend. Realistically, two through four. If you ask me, mm-hmm. I don't think one is a little bit slow, so we don't want to go yeah, against, yeah. against a guard like that. But two through four as a shooter, yes, he can defend. I'm sorry, Shark. I know you're good. That's what I mean. So we can say he's a forward, and we say Dylan Brooks is a wing. We we'll just separate, yeah. separate like that. There we go. Yeah, national. Uh, as far as a uh, national media ain't about their life to put Kyle Anderson in for uh, most of the because I think if I'm not mistaken, a lot of his stats this year is his career best right now. And you see what the are. Right now, might want to throw uh, Kyle Anderson in that half for most improved player. Just, just saying. That's what you I'm doing. The they not, they not, Trevor. They not, and that's what I'm saying. They not. The hard, the hard part I'm is he is already. The hard part is. I agree he should be at least in the consideration. The hard part is most time most improved players, this player has to go from like. 10 to 20 points, right? Like Julius Randle. Yeah. I mean, Kyle is averaging double digits this season. He's never averaged double digits in his career. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, most (laughs) times, most times, most times. And I know he goes to somebody whose scoring average jumps up and they just completely just destroying cats for the season. But I honestly can't see anybody else that's possibly getting 5.8 points to 12.6. Come on, that's doubling. (laughs) <laughs> no, nah, I agree with y'all. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm no, just saying no. Shark is yeah. just making making the note of yeah, yeah, yeah. they were talking about possibly giving it to SGA again. I'm like, what improved from SGA? Like he's been doing what he's doing since practically he's gotten in the league. No disrespect to him, but yeah, I'm just saying good. I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody else that could possibly be in that conversation right now. 
So real high rebounds, career high assists, uh almost career high in blocks, uh career high in points. Yeah, like, it's a it's a player to give it to like uh who's the prime example? De'Aaron Fox. Somebody who like takes a leap from like starts. It's probably gonna be, probably gonna be Christian Woods yeah. since like media actually still acknowledge the Rockets. So it's probably gonna be like somebody like Christian Woods. He's in and out of the lineup though. That's the problem. He probably don't get in yeah. there. He yeah. He's in and out of the lineup. Yeah, MIP probably will go to Julius Randle. Or Randall, I, I like Randall. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying okay. Somebody like okay, yeah, Julius Randall because he was all star season. Yeah, but, but we all agree. Like, it, it's not because he's had this huge gap in points. Yeah. Like, he was already doing these things. It's just because of the spotlight that right. the Knicks are getting, as opposed to what the Grizzlies get on a year to year basis. That that's really what we're talking. About. And then Julius Randall was an all star this year, so I can say. And he wasn't. Yeah. Exactly. I'm saying it's always that type of jump, although at cap. Be honest, Kyle should be in the running for it, but yeah. hopefully he at least gets some votes. He should get some votes. All right. But let's kind of get to another real, real topic right now about <clears throat> Mr. Demetrius Morant and the NBA ESPN's top twenty-five under twenty-five. Oh my, list. oh my Jesus! This this list is oh my goodness. John Morant was number fifteen, y'all. I know Jaron Jackson Jr. been hurt the whole year, but he ain't nowhere to be found on the list. Um, what are your thoughts? I've done. Uh, I just don't understand how John Moran is 15. He was rookie of the year, his rookie year. And I mean, I guess I could see your Luca point, I could maybe see your Zion Williamson point. The LaMelo ball one is the one that I'm just like, yo, y'all gotta chill, bro. He ain't even played, you know, what I'm saying a full year. And yes, I see his potential, I see what he's already done in the league, but come on, G, like, John Moran is 15? 15. I think of, of, of everybody on this list, I think John Moran has done the most with the less amount of talent on his Who are you taking out? Who are you taking out? Huh? No no more sugar coat. Who are you taking out then? Oh, I, he's definitely he, – Josh definitely better than Darren Fox. He's definitely better – he's mm, – Have we, seen, have, have have we seen it, though? Have we really uh, seen that point? I don't argue that. Exactly. Come on. We better talk about it. Ain't no serious on, bro. Right now. Right now. And based on potential. I would put I would if I was starting a team, I would I would start the team. I would start my team with John Murray before I started with De'Aaron Fox. That's right. It's his opinion. Yes, it's his opinion. I can't. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't let me see who else is on this list. Um Brandon Ingram, I wouldn't. Let me see. I'm just trying to think. 14. Looking Donovan for Mitchell is a little high. I think Donovan Mitchell is a little high. Tatum is a little high. Um, if, if I think all in the top 10, though, right? Yeah, but still, like, it's, it's still a little high. That's a little high. Uh, I think it's, so, uh, so my thing is, should Job and Rand be in the top 10? And yes. I accept it. So well, I said it's about Tatum and them. They're old because – I guess all players they're twenty five. They like twenty. They like twenty four, bro. It's kind of like hard for me to kind of wrap my head around them being twenty five years old. Yeah. <laughs> That's the twenty five. Cause I look at them. I think Mitchell and Tatum have been to. They've been playoffs like four or five years now. Like they still under twenty five. Excuse me. Donald Mitchell just had his best playoff year since his rookie season last last season in the bubble. So I can kind of see the hype for that still kind of being kind of high. And then Utah's. The best team in the league, record-wise, right now. So, of course, that that's the case there. 
Jason Tatum, at some point, the potential has to meet the expectation right now. I think he's taking just a, he's taking just a slight step back. And if you don't believe me, just look at how Boston's playing right now overall as a team. Um, so the debate for Jason Tatum uh, could definitely be there. Um, but Josh should be in the top ten in my opinion. And if you still don't think so, he should at least be above Michael Porter Jr. I'm just 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 my, at the very least, he should be exactly. above Michael Porter Jr. And we're gonna make this case for Lamelo Ball. Everything I think people got everything Lamelo Ball is doing this season, John Morant did last season, and he has the Rookie of the Year to show for it. So if you're gonna put if Lamelo Ball is three, John Morant damn near is number one at this point. If you're gonna have Lamelo Ball as, as your top five, so yeah. And I'm gonna circle back to my point. I think players can have good numbers, but do your numbers equate to winning? Right. I mean, Zion Williamson is putting up really great numbers, but look at his team, bro. Like he has he has a team. He has a squad. If anything, that Pelicans team should be in the playoffs. They shouldn't be a 10, 11 seed in the West. Meanwhile, John, again, he doesn't have nearly as much talent as the Pelicans does. And he has a better record probably since he and Zion have been in the league. So that's why, like I said, numbers, is it's fine. But do they equate to winning? And Luca, it's I mean, Luca was struggling. Luca was putting up good numbers, but. His team wasn't winning. Zion Williamson has put up really good numbers this season. His team isn't winning. Um, so that's that's my reason as to why, I mean, I would put him top five. That's the reason why I would put him over De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox has done nothing in, in Sacramento. Granted, it's not his fault, but at some point, you got to take responsibility for some of it. Is it my go? Go ahead. We say like I'm I'm hearing y'all, I'm hearing y'all, but y'all have still failed to answer my question. On the base on the 10 that's on this list, if he John Moran, John Moran is top 10, which I, I agree with, but I'm still having trouble of who I'm gonna take off this list. Who who, oh, who are y'all gonna Because I my thing is if what Jason Tatum? I say Jason Tatum. Out of the 10 that's on this on this list, I would agree. I give you three names. I give you balls. Jason Tatum. I give you three. Okay, okay, so let's okay, so let's go. You say Lamelo. You say who else? Lamelo, you could definitely take out. I disagree with that. Who else? <laughs> oh my God, too. Lamelo, you definitely. I'm gonna make it quick. I'm saying, just give me a three, and I'm gonna make my point. All right, the three that's debatable that you can possibly take out. Lamelo Ball is one. Okay. Jason Tatum, just based on the season that he's having this year. Okay. And then. A third one, be honest, and it's debatable. Be Aaron Fox. So, okay, we can. The the Aaron Fox is debatable because they kind of do the same thing going in a way, but the Aaron Fox has shown more hunger. I think that we can all agree with that one. So that's still debatable. I give you that one. The Lamelo Ball one, I think that's a strong case because based on potential. The way he was balling is he he still got the Hornets in a fourth seed. The way that he's he's been balling, so I mean they got everything an okay team. Like everything the mellow ball is doing, John Morant did the previous season. This season was projected to no, the Grizzlies were projected to be a lottery team last season, and, also, and they were literally within minutes of going to the playoffs in Josh's rookie season. And so also, took. If the Grizzlies were in Eastern Conference, they would be the fourth seed right now. And last year, they were in Eastern Conference, just <laughs> they like they, 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 they wouldn't be in the playoffs. They wouldn't be in the eight. 
Yeah, Lamelo was a great with Charlotte. They'd be eight. Operation Exodus. Y'all know how I've been on Lamelo ball, and I and I feel y'all. Great points, great points, great points. I feel y'all. Y'all know how how I've been on Lamelo though, and based on potential, this kid can be one of the best players in the league. Period, and that's something that I've always said is is gonna stand on. So I think still based on ten, maybe three, maybe potential. That's debatable, but he is a top ten. He deserves to be on this list. But Jason Tatum, y'all are completely right on that one, and I can agree he shouldn't be on this list based on because I think that coaching matters, and I think that what we're seeing from the from the Celtics right now, Brad Stevens isn't doing a good job. One, Danny Ainge has failed to still surround him with with I don't want to say talent because that's disrespectful, but compatible talent. I think that matters when you have a star like Jason Tatum. And I think eventually you're going to have to choose between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in order for both of them to reach that potential. So as of now, they're going to, we're going to see a clashing of the heads because they kind of do the same thing. And that's why I kind of, I would take Jason Tatum off right now because of that point. See, this list is twofold to me because I guess in my thing is, are they doing this, it's so mixed up because all they doing is based yeah, on like, accomplishments. Yeah, because it's like yeah, is it based on accomplishments there. already, or is it based on potential? Yeah. Because like, mm-hmm. if you're doing accomplishments, like Jason Taylor's been to like three East East Conference Finals, right? Yeah. And Don made playoffs, had you know all the fifty point games flash in playoffs. But if you but you got the potential in it with Lamelo and Zion being up there, although their team's not winning, so I'm not I don't know how they're basing the criteria on when they rank these players. The way I did it, I just did like three three years from now, like all these players are gonna be a top ten yeah. player. And okay. I can based on three years that LeBron will be a lot older, KD will be a lot older, three, four years from now, like the future of the league type type ish. You know what I'm saying? And I, I can see that, but John Morant definitely deserves to be in the top ten. Like that's but my I didn't have a I, I couldn't figure out who to take out. Yeah, so in my opinion, I'm gonna do just he's fifteen, so I'm thinking players above him. Um who I definitely he should be ahead of. Michael Porter Jr. was the most egregious one. Nope. Um, and even Trey Young got. I mean, I know we don't like Trey Young, but he got disrespect on his list too at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Like both him and Josh should be ahead of Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, he, <laughs> he he's, he's nice. not showing. He just got on. He he, he's yeah. still he got some more to accomplish. He, he, still, he got ways. Um, and who else? I think Lamelo. Lamelo, like I said, I see the potential in him, but I still would put Josh ahead of him. Um, I think a lot of these other people are debatable. Darren Fox and Shaq Gidris are debatable to me because when Ja has played them head up, they have pretty much smoked them each time. Um, so that's the honest truth. But Ja may have more potential. We still we think we still think he has more potential than them. And a lot of these other names are established players, so it's hard for me to compare him with Jonathan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, yeah. Jamal Murray, who I've seen do in the playoffs. I see all these players in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's stupid to have potential with Zion and Melo at the top. And then you have this slew of established players already. Then you have Michael Porter Jr. who's just getting on. Then John Moran. I think that's I what mean, kind of makes it. Yes, you yeah, uh, yeah, you got a point. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you're going to need to set a criteria for that. If there's going to be potential, do potential. It's going to be accomplishments. Do accomplishments. Yeah, and with that, I, I don't see why Jason Tatum should come off the list. I'm being dead honest. I, I think because I witnessed, to Sharky's point, the man's been to two or three Eastern Conference finals. Has he won? No, you're right. Um, he hasn't went into the finals yet. But at times, he has literally carried a team, to y'all's point. He has messed around with the best talent. They've had to go through Jason Tatum. They've had to go through Jalen Brown to get to where they're at. Um, so to me, I don't see them going 
through LaMelo Ball to get to, you know, I mean, like for the Hornets, they're not there yet. They're not going through Zion Williamson all the time. Um, ben Simmons, I don't understand when we even go through Ben Simmons for anything, but he's a great defender. He's the, probably the best defender on this list. But offensively, he's not really scaring me too much, to be completely honest. Um, um, SGA, I'm on the fence about him. Um, and Brandon Ingram as well on the fence. Um, the same way we mentioned Jason Tatum having regression, Brandon Ingram hasn't really come up in my head either. Um, and so we didn't mention him as much either. Um, Jamal Murray is literally a regular season uh, playoff. He's ready. Um, and so I see him doing better in the playoffs. He has these spectacular games, but I don't see him all the time in the regular season. Um, and so to me, of course, we all agree that Jai has been disrespected and should definitely be up a lot further where he's at. And I'm glad we also agree that Trey Young should also be up higher. Without Trey Young with that Hawks team, people aren't coming to play for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and so Trey Young has been doing some things and his front office has been listening too to get him where they need to go. But I I, I do not agree with LaMelo Ball being three. I'm going to say that. But I also don't know where I would put John Morant. Um, as well right now, we're looking at this list again. Yeah, they probably need to do this based on, like, years. Like, players have been in the league three yeah. years or less. Players have been in the league five years or less. They need to do it like that instead of by age because it's just, like I said, so many variety. Jason Tatum went to the East Conference Finals his rookie year, you know. Like, it's kind of hard to gauge how you erect these players, in my opinion. So that's why. But the most egregious name to me was just Michael Porter Jr. After that, you got a mix of established players who've been there. You saw Jamal Murray did in the playoffs last year. It, it's it's so hard just to gauge, say, hey, I'm put y'all ahead of them. So it's that's that was my opinion on the list. So but to end off the show, real quick, real quick. As y'all already know my prediction, but hey, we got to predict the week coming up. Uh starting with the Bulls game. As we are recording before the Pacers game, but this episode's coming out on a Monday before the Bulls game, which would be the back-to-back. So, play versus Chicago, versus Dallas, at Chicago, and at Mulewakale. What you got? Two and two. I, I see two and two as well, honestly. Uh, I will we'll split we'll split the Chicago uh, home and home, and I think we get that one against Dallas as well. So there you go, five hundred for the week. Get the one against Dallas. No, we need that one against Dallas. It's national television. They are the seat above us. If you ask me, we need to be going all in for that Dallas game. So to me, I have us going three and one. I'll explain. I think we beat Chicago. We got to beat Dallas. I think we fall to when we go back to Chicago because we would have put all of our chips in the bag against Dallas. And I'm calling a win against Milwaukee because Milwaukee is going to start resting people on games where they don't care. They're in a good seat. They're in like the third seat right now. The gap of difference, they could lose games here and there and be fine. So I think they're just really going to rest some more people, uh, Milwaukee. So that gives me three and one. Um, But we need, no matter what, we need to beat Dallas on ESPN on the 14th. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. that, That's a chance to get the seventh. 
potentially with that game against Dallas. So you got to get them. Right. Um, I'm definitely with you. Uh, let me see. Hmm. Let me see, because I got us being Indiana. I think we're going to beat Chicago at home. Dallas, I think because of the sense of urgency and the fact that it's on ESPN, like I, I really want to roll with Memphis. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and roll with the boys. I'm going to roll with the boys with Memphis. I don't think – I do think we can sweep Chicago. Milwaukee, if Giannis don't play, we will beat Milwaukee. But Giannis hadn't played. I think I don't know if he's injured or not. I should have statue, but he hadn't played since I think yeah, like the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he hadn't played since the second, so I think he he's injured. Um, so if he don't play against us, uh, I I'm, I I call sweep because where I see the Grizz now, and based off what I did see last week, even though we gave the Knicks game away, I do think that we can legitimately compete for that seven, maybe six, depending on how uh, you know Portland can stay healthy. Um, but I do think we can go seven C, and I think that we gotta beat Dallas in order for us to do that. But like I said, if Gian- if Giannis ain't playing, give 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 us give me a sweep for the week. You going to full four no? Okay, he I might. Like he said, on that. I already said we're gonna be Indiana, so and I hey, Chicago, Ch- Chicago's been looking good since they got. Boots That's Man what I was about first. to say. Give me Jay Man the Give me JV Give me JV to, to lead us the way. Hey, Zach Levine. Shout out to Vucevic. Give me Here's my thing. If Giannis play, I don't. I've, I hadn't seen us beat a healthy Bucks team in a long time. So that's why I said if Giannis plays, we're gonna lose. But if he don't play. Give me, give me a win. The last time we played him with Giannis, it came down to literally the last shot for us to beat Milwaukee. And this was in Memphis. So yeah. I'm not I'm too far fetched. Chris, Chris Middleton and uh and, and Donatan kicked our ass in the last minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Giannis, like like we said. That's how I recall it was Drew Holiday to hit the game with Drew Holiday. Yeah. Holiday to hit the game It was all three of them. It was everybody but Giannis. So it's like if Giannis don't play, then I can see him win. But Giannis will put them over the edge. All right. So, let that happen again. <laughs> Mr. 500 myself, I got to say two and two. I damn near want to say one and three for the simple fact y'all said really? how Chicago, because Chicago's uh, looking pretty good. I think we could lose one of them. I haven't seen us beat Dallas since, uh, I don't know, when the last time we beat Dallas. I treat Dallas how we treat New Orleans. I'm not picking them to beat New Orleans or Dallas until I actually see them beat them. So, that's how I'm treat that game. Also, national TV game. Y'all saw what happened last time we was on national TV to New Orleans. Like, I, no, I, I need to see them actually win those games against New Orleans and Dallas on a national TV stage as well. Until yeah. I, before I actually say that they're going to do it. Um, and Milwaukee, to your point too. I don't know. I mean, last time we beat Milwaukee. Yeah, we mm-hmm. lost at the buzzer last time. Um, that, but before then, it's still, <laughs> still a lot. I don't last remember time, last time. Last time we beat Milwaukee was in the bowl, and Milwaukee was resting player. So. Yeah, and so. they're gonna rest them again so we can win again. Okay. <laughs> and Sharky, thank you, thank you for bringing up my point that we we have to prove that we can beat Dallas. There's nothing if answer but we have to prove we can beat Dallas. If not, we can look no further than AFC. No further. Yeah. So give me five hundred. Uh, joke about uh, Devin Booker about you just put up seven and lose by thirty. 
Yeah, the boy Zach Levine put up 50 and they still lost to the Hawks. So I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Bulls yeah. are looking real good right now. <laughs> yeah, give me the give me both Bulls guys. That, that defense. Come on, uh, man. Come on, as much as Bell as they got, that's my two wins. I mean, that defense still is like nothing. Um, but they can't get hot and beat us one of the games. But give me two and two. Cause I, I until yeah. I see them beat Dallas, I'm not gonna pick it at. So that's how I'm yeah. gonna go with it. But great episode. Remember, follow us at the Starter Five Number Five MEM. Listen to us every Monday on the Greasy Bread Blues Podcast Network. Also listen to Three and D Core Four and GBB Live. And remember, follow me, the one underscore P Shark, aka Mister Five Hundred Shark Steel. Hey, this is the Art of Trevor eating them cheesesteaks at Dillenburg's Island. As always, I'm at the Art of Trevor. First uh, letter of each word is capitalized except of because it's a preposition. Yeah, man. Hey, it's three and one streaking grizzlies. It's really shitty. They're going to streak. We're going to follow. Two. Hey, man. Mensa Inside at Tab Shakira. And I got I'm rolling. I'm rolling the dice on you, Grizz. I need you to pull for me. I, I like what I've been seeing. That's why I said I bag off. I won't buy stock from Dylan Brooks Island, but I'm a bag off. I'm, 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 I got I got my page on it. I got my page on it. I like what I'm seeing from the Take, take, take your complimentary cheese steak. Just take your complimentary I'm cheese I'm good steak. because I only like chicken. If y'all ain't got chicken right now. That's the thing. When y'all get chicken, I'm, I, I, I consider it. But right now, I don't do beef. <laughs> okay. Touche. Touche. Girl Scott laid on Twitter. That's it. All right, till next time, go Grease.